Happy Tuesday. I'm Liana. And I'm Rosalyn. And today we have a wonderful guest. We have Matt Hostetler, everyone. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role here at Red Roof? Well, thank you. Good morning, good morning. afternoon, whatever it may be, and whenever this is going out. My role in franchise sales is a senior vice president of franchise sales and development. I oversee a wonderful, wonderful development team that is based remote across the United States and Canada. Driving business to grow the brand. So you've been in hospitality for a pretty long time at this point, right? You know, you're you're right in a certain way. Um, you know, I've always been in servant leadership. So uh, in my roles in sales and leadership uh, with various organizations throughout my career, I've always been hospitable in my own certain way, but I've been in the hospitality business for about 15 years. What's kept you in the hospitality business for so long? First of all, you're in, in an industry where you're serving others taking care of people, whether it be from a hotel perspective, a room night, or also our customers in franchising that actually own the hotels, the entrepreneurs themselves. And how long have you been with Red Roof for? I have been with Red Roof since January of 2014, so I'm working on six years. Wow. How long have you been with Red Roof? Good question, good question. I started last summer, so I will be, oh, I've past a year, but my official year, because I started out contracting, uh, will be in September. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm gl glad to have you both in our organization and having fun with the podcast today. Yeah, kind of transitioning off of what you just said, tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day -day is like as an SVP in, in the franchise world. Well, you know, a lot of times we're in uh, 30,000 feet as leaders, but we're also on the ground with our team because we need to stay connected with who our customer is. Typically, a day for me is you know, where are we? What markets are we leading to? What markets are we focused on? How the team is going about their daily business and attracting new customers, meaning franchise applicants, to Red Roof to grow our units. On the phone with my regional vice presidents, East and West, and, and again, getting on the phone with applicants, trying to find out, you know, what it is that will help them make an informed decision to choose a brand and choose a brand in this segment specifically. Can you tell us a little bit about what that process looks like? From a strategic perspective, we have opportunities across the country and for the, for the most part across the globe where we would like to see one or all of our brands positioned in center city locations, specifically with the red collection, secondary, tertiary, airport markets, college and university markets across the country for our Red Roof and our hometown studios by Red Roof. So we focus on where we are not. We focus where we are as well to see if we need more representation, specifically room count, that sort of thing, to make sure that we're able to be where our customers want us to be. So correct me if I'm wrong, but because I don't have too much experience when it comes to like the franchising sales side of things, but I've always kind of looked at franchise sales as almost like when it comes to selecting locations and selecting potential franchisees, it's almost like dating in my mind where you guys are on one hand, you're looking for specific areas and specific potential franchisees to work with and franchisees are also looking for different brands. They're trying to like weigh different options. And so can you kind of talk about from your perspective, like what you guys are looking for and then also what you think potential franchisees are looking for that Red Roof offers? With our franchise development team, um, we're out and about on a day in day out basis building relationships. and. As you know, our tagline is genuine relationships, real results. So when we go into a city or a town and we're looking for opportunity, we do want to make sure that we find the best opportunity. And that is defined in multiple ways. That's the operator, the asset, the location, and the market itself. You know, do you want to be in that market? Should the brand be in that market? Does it work for the company? Does it work for the entrepreneur, the, the person that actually owns the hotel and you know is it going to be what you call a marriage and is it going to be a good one 
because no one wants to go into a marriage and divorce. The key is you should date a little bit, understand, and frankly, we should be able to educate along the process with what it is that's most important to the, the asset owner and what's important with us to us as a brand and what's important to our customer because we want to make sure that the franchisee understands the brand and our consumer and we want to make sure they're able to deliver that result. Yeah, and I think you have a really interesting perspective because you work with all of the brands under the Red Roof umbrella. And so can you talk a little bit about the process of approaching each of those brands? Because I think each of the brands are kind of all focused towards a different consumer. And I think that also plays into the franchisee. Yeah, so our, our core brand, Red Roof, is as you know, has been around since 1973. I mean, it's a it's a, an iconic brand and we like to keep it that way, but we also want to evolve with the consumers and what their wants and needs are as well. So when you see a Red Roof Plus, you see a Red Roof Inn and Suites, our core brands, they are going to be lo- located strategically, whether it be roadside for the weary traveler or in a secondary market where the cost conscious business traveler is spending their week or you know a few nights doing business you know, in the college and university towns for the not only the parents and the families that are coming, but the people that do business with those in the hospitals and that sort of thing. So as you know, here in Columbus, we're very strong around the suburbs as well and also in the city. When we get to the bigger cities, you see the red collection and that's where we're more focused on the destination type in the cities uh, where you love to travel and in the neighborhoods where you wanna be. It's more of a open style where the entrepreneur gets to think a little more about who they wanna be and the customers they want to bring along. And our, our consumers want that as well. And then we have the extended stay brand that typically, you know, you have people that could be there for multiple reasons. They could be looking for new housing because they're being relocated to a market. They may have to be in town unfortunate for unfortunate reasons where they have to be in and out of a hospital for a stay, for treatment. They may be visiting a loved one. They may be on assignment for a company and just need more than just a typical overnight stay with the room and the bathroom and the television and all the great internet opportunities and being able to stream podcasts, which are really cool like yours, but they need kitchenette. Um, They need maybe an extra room. They might have an extra family member with them. So there are three very different unique customers, but we have that demand with our account base that is saying to us that we need those options. So it's really good for sales. I was gonna kind of going off of what you said. Obviously, we launched two brands last year: Hometown Studios by Red Roof and the Red Collection. We obviously know from a marketing standpoint kind of what goes into building brands and obviously marketing it across the digital space. For franchising, I guess, have you what have you gone through? with launching two brands? I think from a franchising perspective, there's a lot of unique things that most people don't understand that's behind the scenes. So thinking about launching a brand, there are so many things that come along with it. Specifically, to have the ability to represent and sell the the system standards, the brand itself to a, a buyer, we have to be registered by the Federal Trade Commission. So the development of a federal disclosure document is no easy task. I would say kudos to our legal team. Behind the scenes, just developing the, the franchise agreements and how we're gonna go to market and what's it going to look like and you know all the way down to the the sheets and the bedding and the soaps and that sort of thing there's so much that goes into who is our consumer and what is it that our consumer wants it's no easy task for sure and you're involved in that along the way of saying yeah I think this is a viable option for such an organization who was typically one brand one focus for all these years there's so many things that we could sit and talk about one thing as we said we kind of are seeing everything from the marketing side of things something that I think we have noticed both with Red Roof but also just in general trends in marketing is really 
really reaching that like millennial traveler and that demographic. And I was wondering, is that similar in franchising? Have you noticed that trend or is that something you guys think about or is it just kind of a different demographic altogether? Well, when you when you talk about franchise sales reaching out, we obviously have to reach out to entrepreneurs that have the wherewithal to be able to do a new construction project or buy an asset that may either be a red roof or would be considered to be renovated to the red roof standard and be in our system. So that's not necessarily an easy task, but millennials, young entrepreneurs are there. They are second, third generation hoteliers, specifically uh, in our space. Millennials that have assets in the economy space, mid-scale space, and in the upper you know, mid-scale space with partners. So we do see a lot of that. And specifically with the millennials and the second and third generation, they like dealing with us because we have the ability to bring both age groups, if you will, market people together because we have that set up here in, in the office as well where we think like everyone. And I, when I say that, like the entrepreneur that's been in the hotel business since the 90s, we're still doing business with those folks, but also their younger family members are coming into the business as well. And they love the space. They love doing business and they have the opportunity to build a hotel or renovate one and, and brand it. So, I mean, you know, we're very interested in, in continuing to grow the brand and think Things change, people change, um, opportunities change. So we have to be able to evolve with the market and the trends that are going with it and really just stay ahead of it. So another thing with your, your job, as you mentioned before, is you get to travel a lot. Like you're always on the ground, you're always moving. Do you have any fun travel stories you'd want to share with the podcast listeners? And a lot of people say it all the time, you know, you travel a lot. How do you do it? Um, it's not easy. So it's not always like, oh, we're in... You know, any town USA, we're just having a great time out here. You know, there's times where, um, you know, we get to the airport, you get checked in, and then all of a sudden, the lightning strikes. Wow, you're sitting in Columbus International for the rest of the day. And then they say, oh, we're not going to fly the rest of the day. So what's that mean to Matt? Matt's not going home. But there really are some cool stories out there, you know, right off the top of my head that, you know, just having the ability to travel and be a leader and represent such a great, iconic brand and company to say, I'm taking a group of entrepreneurs to a baseball game at Wrigley Field or you know the Colorado Rockies I mean those are really awesome times to be able to say that you're working and spending cool time with people that you want to spend time with doing business so those are probably the stories that I would you know talk about most and also like the launch of the red collection in Chicago what a great event that was to be able to be in the Windy City um, where I have friends as well they come in they visit they see what we're all about and we enjoy we break bread and um, we've we have laughs and we do business so it's, it's a great um, opportunity to mix the two. For the most part, it really is a grind. It's not always, oh, Matt's headed to L.A. Woo-woo! The worst <laughs> part about it when you're heading to L.A. is when you're going for a function and it's wintertime behind you. And your wife has the opportunity to send you a video of her snowblowing. Mm. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not so good. That's, that's the other side of the coin. So I really do enjoy traveling what I do, though. How often are you traveling, like percentage-wise? Um, 90%. Wow. Yeah, so in 2018, I had 127 flights. Cool. And those aren't hopping up from one flight to the next to get somewhere. I was very busy in 2018. It may be down a little bit this year based on the leaders that I have that are out, you know, doing what they need to do. But I'm probably close to 100 again, 100 flights again this year. Where's the coolest place you went last year? The coolest place I went in 2018, you know, I like Austin. Really? Austin, Texas. Huh. Uh, 
yeah, someone would say, really? I'm like, but Austin is a really cool city. One of our top salespeople there, Alex Hamsudin lives there. So he got to show me around. I was there for Asian American Hotel Owners Association board meeting. We stayed in the city and there was a rock event going on, uh, which was really cool. So there's some unique characters walking around. I was able to eat some really good brisket. Awesome. That's now you sold me. There you go. Right now I'm booking my flight to Austin. Austin. That's booking it. it now. Yep. Do you have any travel tips since you're you are a frequent traveler? Anything that you you think people would benefit from knowing? Or listen, I will say this: if everybody just realizes that 99% of whatever happens while traveling with an airport or an airline is out of their control, things will be much better for them. <laughs> Because the minute you decide to complain and say, my flight needs to go at 11.05, it's not helping your case. It's over. It's over. So you might as well just go, take a big deep breath and say, I'm just going to stick around here to figure out what's going to happen, make sure my family understands, make sure my customers know, and the big boss knows that I'm delayed. That's really the best thing to do. Drink plenty of water when you fly. I don't. <laughs> recommend having any alcohol while in the air that's not safe and be really really nice to your flight attendants because they're for, there for your safety wow good pitch okay. airlines love you i'm airlines sure of course they love do you. of course they do i'll throw a plug out for my my favorite southwest airline yeah. there it is there, there it is. is southwest is definitely a frequent a frequent yeah, it's rapid rewards. Yeah, for almost as good as our ready rewards. Ooh. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about that? <laughs> okay, well, I think we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in, and thank you so much, Matt, for joining us today. Awesome, thank you. How about next time we do a podcast? I can interview you, and we can talk about what you're doing in digital. Stay tuned yeah. for a follow up. Stay follow tuned up for part podcast. two. Awesome, thank you. If you want to hear more from us, you can find us on social at Red Roof Inn or visit our website, redroof.com. Thank you again, guys, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Safe travels.